your bad reputation tends to uh, grow faster than your good one. And so it's, it's just really important to be honest, not only with the media, but your, your stakeholders or shareholders, and even in some cases yourself, about where your company's at uh, versus where, where you believe it's going. Tying yourself to the top as fast as possible. There's no reason to hang out in the middle ground and watch everyone else and listen to everyone else constantly. Focus on what you're doing and the product. If you have a plan in place, then you just are following the plan. We stand today. The Business Method with a shadow. The Business Method. The Business Method Podcast. The Business Method Podcast featuring Chris Reynolds. Entrepreneurs, systems, methods, tools, and tactics for location independence. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I'm your host, Chris Reynolds, and welcome to the Business Method Podcast, a podcast featuring successful entrepreneurs and high-profile people dissecting their business models. We dissect the different methods, tools, and tactics of high-performance online entrepreneurs and high-caliber people in a series format. On our first series, we interviewed 100 entrepreneurs in 100 days that have built businesses creating $100,000 or more annually. On our second series, we interviewed 100 entrepreneurs that have built location-independent businesses that produce over a million dollars and annual revenue and now we're interviewing 100 major influencers to get behind the minds and the science of using influence to grow business and influence income results economies and cultures there's a growing number of people building these caliber of businesses like this and we're going to figure out what it takes to make this happen now let's jump in today's show the business method Cynthia Johnson is a global entrepreneur, marketing professional, author, and keynote speaker. She is a co-founder of Bell & Ivy, a marketing and PR firm in Santa Monica, California, and Las Vegas, Nevada. Previously, Cynthia was partner and director of marketing for Rank Lab, a digital marketing agency listed in Inc. Magazine's fastest growing private companies in 2015. She's an advisory board member for the Millennium Alliance, a leading technology, business, and educational advisory firm serving Fortune 1000 C-level executives. Cynthia has been a keynote speaker for companies and events such as Alibaba Group in China, World Government Summit in Dubai, Global Venture Summit in Indonesia and Mexico and Web Summit in Lisbon. She's been involved in influencer and marketing campaigns for PayPal, Here Media, Chevy, PETA, and several other leading brands. Cynthia was listed as a top personal brand expert in Entrepreneur Magazine, as a top 50 marketer on Snapchat by Mashable, top 12 female entrepreneurs that inspire by Darling Magazine, and top 20 people in SEO by Guardian. She's a contributing writer to Entrepreneur Magazine and also has work published in Forbes, Time, and several other top-tier publications. And today, you guys, we get into a great conversation with Cynthia about PR, personal branding, and influence. That'll really be something beneficial for any entrepreneur out there. Now, before we jump into that, we've got to give a quick mention to our upcoming event, Get Shit Done Live, which actually happens in about a week October 24th through November 2nd in Chiang Mai, Thailand. It's an event that was created for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs to get a lot of work done in a little amount of time surrounded by other successful established entrepreneurs in an environment where you can focus on one goal where you can really move the needle in your business. Check out those details, you guys, on our website under the events tab. 
Now, back to Cynthia. Throughout the show, you guys, we delve into influence and PR with Cynthia and how she handles the clients her company works with. She has a really unique take on building your personal brand and only working with people that can truly back up what they claim they can do. Now, I know this is a general rule for all entrepreneurs out there, but sometimes it's easier said than done. She walks us through her process of building a person or a company's influence and PR, and it is a process that any of us can benefit from when getting our brands more visibility. She also has a massive 1.7 million followers on Twitter, and we get to find out how she made that happen too. You guys, another really good episode with a master in PR, a master in influence, a master in personal brands. Ladies and gentlemen, Cynthia Johnson. Entrepreneurs, systems, methods, tools, and tactics. Listeners, welcome to the podcast today. I am so happy to introduce today's guest, Cynthia Johnson. Uh, Cynthia is listed as a top personal branding expert in 2017 by Entrepreneur, one of the top 50 marketers on Snapchat by Mashable, uh, top 12 female entrepreneurs that inspired by Darling Magazine, and a whole list of really other awesome things. Cynthia, welcome to the show today. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. Uh, great introduction. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. I, I want to talk about some of those accolades and, and how you get those because you've got some really great ones throughout the show. But I know you're an expert in personal branding. You've got a book on that platform. I know you're an expert in uh, PR and media, which is awesome because I'm just so curious about this stuff. And I love learning how people, uh, you know, work work the media and work with the media to help themselves and help other entrepreneurs grow as well. So I'm excited to have you on the show. And uh, I hear you're calling in from Las Vegas today. Yes, yes, I'm in Las Vegas. It's uh, where our company, Bell and Ivy, opened their second location. Very cool. And uh, how do you enjoy spending time in Las Vegas? It's it's great. Uh, I have, you know, it's windy here and I'm a little bit allergic. So other than that, it's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, it's not as hot as it was. Yeah. Does it ever get too busy for you? I mean, I, I know a lot of people in Las Vegas avoid the strip. I don't know if you're one of those, uh, if you like to go, go to the strip or you like to stay off the strip. I stay off the strip as much as possible. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's, it is too, it is too much at times, unless there's an event or conference or something, those are always on the strip, but you know, try to try to avoid the, the hecticness. Uh, I'm curious why you guys chose, um, Las Vegas for uh, a second office for Bell and Ivy. Uh, there's a couple of reasons. Uh, first is that you know the the Las Vegas is actually allowing sports teams. So the, you know we have a football team that's coming here, potentially a baseball team. Uh, Google is coming here. A lot of tech companies. Uh, Tony Tony Shea of uh, Zappos really did a lot of sort of big made a lot of big changes uh, for Las Vegas and brought some people from, from the tech community. So we see that expanding. I also, I grew up here. I went to high school here and, uh, and we had an employee here already. So it was, you know, couple that with, with strategic partners and it just made a lot of sense for us to be here. Yeah. Excellent. Well, um, we want to dive into the, the meat and potatoes of the show and, and talk about personal branding and, and PR and media, but I'm curious, how, how long have you had Bell and Ivy now? Three years. Was this your first entrepreneurial venture? Uh, yes, it was my, the first time that uh, we were uh, founders from the beginning, from the very beginning. Okay. 
Yeah. Okay. But uh, I had been involved in another agency that was acquired by a, a healthcare company pr- prior to this. Okay, gotcha. Mm-hmm. And, and what made you want to? Uh, were you working in in PR before you started Bill and Ivy? No, uh, I mean yes and no. The the short answer is uh, digital strategy and social media, but the okay. PR landscape is changing so significantly, uh, and it really does. There's just a ton of crossover, right? Um, they're they're merging in a lot of ways as well. So it just made sense to to build out and add uh, in those areas for every part of our business. What makes you like uh, working in PR? Oh, nothing. Uh, PR. <laughs> <laughs> no, we have uh, some pretty amazing, you know, uh, PR people that we work with. But it's it's the cool thing about it is that it's it's. Uh, relationship based so the longer you do it the better you actually will get at it that's true and in a lot of cases that's not always true right um things sort of pass you on or whatnot and the second thing is um storytellers are my kind of people and so you're communicating with storytellers uh all the time or you know getting very unique perspectives um from just how they see something that maybe you know you didn't see it that way before they, there was something kind of enlightening about their approach so that's always fun uh the managing expectations for clients that's not always the greatest <laughs> <So>. <laughs> i'm curious like uh, as uh, an entrepreneur i i see it myself but also many other entrepreneurs they try to get their foot in the door uh with pr maybe they're bootstrapping and, and just starting out um, how did it work for you? Did you, did you have some, some in, some people on the inside already before you started, uh, working with the media and, and building up your personal brand or how'd that play out? Yeah, it was, it was a sort of double. So I actually, uh, I, you know, write for various publications and, um, you know, initially I met these people because I focused, I focused on the work and there's, there's a timing element. That's a big part of PR too, right? It's, are you one of the few women in the work that you do? Because that makes you interesting. Well, what makes you different and unique? And so um, that's how I met or was able to build some of these relationships, I think, not just strategically, you know, but also participating in writing content and being uh, so, someone that they could read and understand prior to engaging with me. And the second is, you know, just, yeah, again, it's I was uh, sort of a different person in that in the search marketing space at the time. And so, um, that, that didn't, that helped. (laughs) I think that, you know, yes, entrepreneurs are always looking for media. Everyone is looking for media. The truth is that there's two ways to get it. It's, you know, by inflating something and then presenting it the right way or by doing something really well and having people find it. And so, you know, there's, there, those two things definitely cross over. Uh, but, you know, I think it's um, underestimated sometimes by doing the work and staying focused on it, uh, how many people are actually paying attention to you. Can you give us an example of, uh, you mentioned inflating something and then presenting it? Okay, so uh, let's talk about some things people would really understand, like Theranos or the Fire Festival. Um, yeah. That's, an, you know, that's inflating something uh, to to you know, sort of gather press and make something a bigger deal than, than it is and then try to catch up on the back end. That's, that is uh, something that people try to do. Or 
you look at companies like, uh, you know, a Beyond Meat or, um, I don't even know, you know, I can think of a, a bunch of them uh, two seconds ago, but you see how they put product first and what that was, what they were able to do with it. And, uh, you know, the media sort of tries to catch up instead of you trying to catch up to the media. And, and that's always a better way to go. So when people come to us looking specifically for PR, you know, we're, we always say, well, what's, what's the story? And if the story is you're going to create something, why should anyone really care? If the story is you created something, now we have something to work with. Um, and we don't really need to ask too many additional questions other than just for strategic purposes. Uh, so, you know, I, I always think, say, before you're going after a lot of this press, you know, really think about what it is that you would care about if you were an outsider, if you were a reader, because they're trying to keep their mediums alive by telling great stories, um, not by telling, you know, uh, selling potential. <laughs> so... <laughs> That's, I think, the difference. Yeah, it's absolutely true. And I think that's where a lot of um, influencers uh, or, or, or companies kind of get a bad rap of inflating something and then trying to catch up with it or promote it, you know, on the back end. Sometimes, however, that does have success for people, you know, um, but uh, I don't know. Uh, do you ever do you ever get in situations where either you're working with 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 people and you think, okay, we need, this is a really great product or service. What they have to offer is, is excellent. Um, but uh, like a new company or so, uh, like they've had, they've, they've got things ready to go and you decide to inflate it then. Mm -hmm. And then they, they, they hurry up on the back end to, to make sure they catch up with uh, mm -hmm. the inflation that they had. Like, cause I'm, I know that works for you and you're right. It's better to, to build the foundation first, but I'm just curious if there's like any fireside festivals, or, you know, it's a, yeah. a horror well, story. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I'm without getting into too much detail. So what <clears throat> was useful with personal branding is that you can look at it and talk about the things people have already done and then begin to create interest for what they're doing. Uh, that's first, uh, but in some instances, especially when you're dealing in tech, right? Uh, you're not, most PR people aren't also CTOs and engineers or anything like that. And so it's kind of a, you know, a trust thing. And it's, it is really about the person you're working with and trusting based on what you know about them, that they can support everything they're saying they can do. Uh, there we you know early on we definitely had a couple not a couple a single um situation where there was you know um we had a founder that just he sold a lot he sold a lot of uh people and built a lot of trust and and essentially there was no product at all um and that never works out it just not, I mean, it'll, it'll work out for us because we can always say we don't, we don't understand the tech. Sure, we should have done our research more. And now that we do, so we've learned. But a lot of other people were sold on it outside of us that that maybe should have known. And uh, and but those people survive. It's the founders that don't because your bad reputation tends to uh, grow faster than your good one. And so. Um, you know, it's, it's just really important to be honest, not only with 
the media, but your, your stakeholders or shareholders, and even in some cases yourself, about where your company's at um, versus where you know where you believe it's going. Because it, it, if you're really in an emerging technology or you have a really great idea that that no one's ever thought of, the truth is you have no idea where it's going to go. That is the honest truth. And so, yeah, so we've definitely had um, moments where people were able to raise uh, raise pretty significant amount of money on just a very missing I, that concept. <laughs> yeah. On nothing. Yeah. yeah. It really happened. It, yeah. And it's true because like, you know, you know, personal brand and, and from that aspect, once you get a, a, a dark mark on, in the business world, it's hard to recover from that. And uh, because nobody wants to deal with people's BS. Yeah. And honestly, if, you know, and for personal branding uh, campaigns or even employee branding campaigns that we run, uh, if there's a reputation issue that needs to be resolved, um, we consider that a reactive campaign and not a proactive campaign, which means the price point is significantly higher. You're going to spend a lot more money fixing a reputation problem than you would if you had just, you know, laid any sort of foundation one or two just you know told the truth <laughs> so yeah. there's that yeah told the truth or not said stupid comments <laughs> yeah yeah right. no oversharing please <laughs> <laughs> keep it classy right right um uh, so you guys work with a lot of people i'm curious like is there do you have parameters around who you choose that uh, you work with yes uh what so- do those look like so uh, on the corporate side with digital marketing campaigns or um, employee branding campaigns, I mean, those are pretty, pretty standard, pretty straightforward. Uh, we do tend to focus in, uh, in certain industries or, um, you know, our, what we're really good at tends to be anything that's regulated online. So you know, healthcare, insurance, et cetera. When dealing with, uh, with PR or um, personal brand campaigns, we never work with individuals. We work with companies. So if you're paying for the budget out of your own pocket, you're not a fit for us um, because we really want to be able to, to utilize a person to impact the business or some sort of organization um, because we're not, you're, we're not here to create you know, a talking head or make someone famous or a YouTube star. We're here to, to help achieve goals. And, um, and so that's where we get very specific. And so we'll do these uh, brand questionnaires where people will fill it out, um, gives us an idea of, of who they are, where they're, where they're really at um, in their business and, um, and a little bit more insight before we, before we take them on. Um, but yeah, we, we try to be very um, clear upfront and work with a very specific type of person because otherwise it just doesn't work. It's personal. So if, you know, if you're working with someone that either you don't get along or your expectations are different, um, then it's never going to work. It is a one-on-one thing. It is a person's name is on all of this. So we try to be as selective as we can. What's what's working in PR these days? Like if somebody wanted to get their, their foot in the door, um, you know, get in some either major magazines or get some, some serious press, what do you recommend to the entrepreneurs out there that, uh, other than hiring you, um, uh, you know, maybe the smaller with the smaller companies that are just building up, they're in year one to five. Uh, what do you recommend they do? 
Well, the first thing is, is you, you got to define your goals. And the second thing, if your goal is to get media, then you have to be interesting and different. And, and everyone already is, but when we step in front of in front of any sort of media outlet, we tend to tone it down. Um, I don't believe in toning it down. I think it's it's not it's not a good move. You know, it's uh, be careful about what you say so you don't overshare. Oversharing isn't good. But have an opinion, <laughs> you know. And, and also not just have an opinion, but uh, an informed one. Yeah. Uh, don't don't uh, repeat what everyone else is saying. You know, actually say how you feel and why you think that way. And those are the people that can really pick up speed uh, in the media is because we, we can see through it. You know, your, the audience is smarter than you think. <laughs> and, and when you're saying something just to get the attention of the media versus saying something to get a message across, it's very, it's very obvious to us. Yeah, absolutely. What, what's your process of choosing your opinions? I make sure that uh, there are opinions on things I understand completely. And so <laughs> that's the first one. The second thing is just, uh, you know, looking at it more if I, if I don't, I'm not going to, first, I always tell people, don't post articles you haven't read through. <laughs> first thing, okay. yeah. Like if you read through an article and you've done a little research and Wikipedia guys, it's actually a pretty great place to just do some right. like, yeah, fact checking yeah. <laughs> from the very basic level. The second thing is, uh, um, I always think if, and when someone, you know, uh, is, you know, has an, a, an argument against whatever it is I'm saying, would I support it? Like, would I be able to still have that conversation or would I, would I retreat? And so those are just the, the questions that, you know, you want to ask. Um, an instance where I kind of got some backlash once was um, uh, on a live stream uh, news interview with Cheddar and they asked me <laughs> very randomly, what I thought about Elon Musk uh, asking the the governor's ball or something, uh, basically saying that they should regulate artificial intelligence, and what my opinion was on that. And my opinion was that Elon Musk is not the right person to regulate artificial intelligence, and he, we should ask other scientists focused primarily in that area because he's a businessman first and spends a lot of time running lots of businesses. <laughs> like. Uh, and the backlash was insane. But I still to this day truly believe that. He's too busy to be the person telling governments how to regulate artificial intelligence. You need someone that that's all they do is study the artificial intelligence and then apply it. Um, and so it was, uh, it's just one of those situations where you have to sort of stick to what you believe based on what you understand of the situation and have the supporting facts. Um, because if, when you do, when you have an opinion, there will be people who disagree. <laughs> and so, uh, and if you have any sort of influence behind the opinion and it has any reach, then you'll get, you know, you'll get the attention you want. And that's ultimately the goal of media in the first place. Second thing is I had a lot of scientists reach out in support of it too. So it was a weird middle ground. Yeah. You, you find the right people by, by giving your opinion and statements, I think. Um, how do you handle when you get the backlash like that? What's your, your strategy for handling? Yeah, I, I, you know, I don't argue, uh, because I, I, when it's, 
just when opinion is just that, right? It's an opinion. And so it's, well, this is how I feel and people get angry and it, all right, I, I understand that that's, you know, you feel a certain way. I mean, I try to just be as nice as possible and hear them out. And uh, a lot of times actually people will be respond will be surprised that I responded because everyone, uh, not everyone, most people become what I call like keyboard heroes, you know, <laughs> where <laughs> they get behind the keyboard and all of a sudden they're like, yeah. they're like super uh, aggressive. But in real life, if you have a conversation that they're, they're actually, you know, fine and it can be just that a conversation. So, you know, assuming the, the best for, instead of the worst uh, and seeing every uh, action or engagement as for what it is, which is a conversation. <laughs> it's just the, me the the tools in which we're conversing are different, but the the actions themselves are just two people having a conversation. Yeah, and it, you know, it's a good tester of the caliber of person that you're communicating with if they can have difference of opinion and still have controlled emotions, mm -hmm. healthy conversation, and accept the other person's opinion without getting upset themselves, you know. And... Uh, yeah, so that's great. Um, I'd like to talk, uh, move and talk a little bit more about the influencing space these days. And there's a lot of, uh, you know, sloppy influencers out there. And you're, you're around quite a few influencers, helping people become influencers, helping companies become influencers, and um, an influencer yourself. And I think what you hit the nail on the head when you were talking about inflating something, uh, either a personal brand or an image without being able to back it up. And a lot of influencers have done that with, you know, uh, they've been going viral on, on social media uh, or the internet. And um, it's really interesting how it's being handled. But I love the idea of influence. Like, I think it's incredibly powerful. I think it's useful. And I think if, if you do anything of any substance, you're going to get some influence in some way. And uh, I don't think people should be afraid of it. Um, when, when somebody comes to you looking to grow their, their image or their reputation or the brand, uh, what are some things you do? And I know you talked about having a great foundation and product and service already, but anything else regarding, um, making sure that they, they can handle the influence that you're going to help them get. Yeah. So we, we look at it where one, um, we do our, an audit. So we do our own research to see what, what's online, what needs to go away, what's, what's missing, what, you know, uh, one thing that also tends to happen is people see the most important thing they've ever done as the thing that took them the most time or the most energy or was the hardest, but out from an outsider's perspective, it's never that it's usually the thing that's easy to remember. And so you know, you can take these little tidbits away. So we, we work to sort of re like clean, clear up the message in entirely. Um, and then the second is we start small. If there isn't say like a certain kind of interview or we haven't seen them on camera, uh, we will start small so that we can get a, an idea of how someone communicates, uh, and how much training they may need in a certain area. Uh, then, you know, last is we, uh, we work initially with, you know, writers of smaller blogs or maybe journalists who aren't writing for a publication, but are just doing uh, sort of like mock interview to make sure that the person uh, is clear in how they're being represented. Uh, and they, again, 
don't overshare because that tends to be a very big problem, <laughs> right? Or they, they're halfway through a deal, but they'll say it happened and you're like, okay, well, now all of your investors are very mad. So um, that's, that is something to do. And then uh, looking at what needs to be there, like who else, who do you need to be next to, right? If you're the best at something, well, how do you get yourself uh, attached to people already recognized as the best? Is it being in a list? Is it being on the same podcast? Is it being, is it talking about them? Is it, maybe you need to interview them. Maybe you need to have an opinion against their opinion. Maybe you already do. I don't know. Whatever it does, you have to, you have to figure out what makes you different from the people at the top. And then you have to find your way to it. Um, and it's, you know, I think it's really is important to understand the space you're entering enough to know how to make yourself a unique or have a unique approach to entering it. And then, yeah, uh, tying yourself to the top as fast as possible. There's no reason to hang out in the middle ground and watch everyone else and listen to everyone else constantly. Focus on what you're doing and the product. If you have a plan in place, then you just are following the plan and making moves and you shouldn't have enough time to really, um, you know, speculate or spend too much time watching what other uh, personal brands are doing. If you're doing that, you're doing something wrong. <laughs> you know, that's, that's why you hire us. Let us do that. You just focus on being the best. <laughs> that's great. I, I like the idea of tying yourself to the top um, because, you know, it's like using the, the the 99 one rule or the 80 20 rule right but dumbing it down to 99 one and then focusing on on the top field that you're in or people that you need to be around to get there um can you give some examples of how you did that i you know i know you've written gobs of articles on these major platforms but what are some when you knew that you wanted to tie yourself to the top what are some strategies you use to get yourself to be a top PR, a personal brander, uh, yeah. an influencer. Yeah. So, uh, I, uh, you know, I applied, uh, to be on, uh, like on, on panels with specific people and I figured out how I was different. And one of the ways is being a woman. Another way was I was, uh, someone who did social media for SEO. So my first event and the first events I ever did were always at SEO conferences, speaking to how social media can impact it, which is a very new topic. So it's the first thing. It's like that was my that was the differentiator. The second is I would find ways to write about what made what why my approach was different without um, negatively discussing others. So one of the ways I'd say is that is um, around the discussion of not everyone gets to work for a Taco Bell doing social media. They're doing a great job. But what about people who work for boring companies? So now you've got, you're writing about a specific person. You're saying that they did an amazing job, but you're also addressing the fact that it's not the only way and here's why. So that's another way. And then the third is you want to end up in lists um, with people that are the best at what they do in your space. So you want to be in a top 10 list that says these are the people that, um, that, uh, like for instance, uh, you know, being a top ten personal branding person, like you want to find your way to those, into those lists, and you can start by doing it small, and and also writing articles linking back to the list themselves. So if you search top personal branding, um, I believe the same list shows all ten of us. Um, oh, nice. You know, and so it's not just about getting into the content; it's also about how to get it seen 
and being strategic in that as well. Because, you know, if you get a hundred articles, but no one sees them, I would rather get one article and spend a lot of time making sure the right people are seeing it than, yeah. than you know, spending this time just trying to get a lot of it. There's always more. What about the idea of like um, reaching out to the top people in your field and saying, hey, we're going to go around and preview ourselves as a top 10 in this field to these magazines, these platforms, uh, and we're all going to do it together and I'm going to organize it. Mm. You guys don't have to do anything. Just give a, a couple paragraphs so we can put in the article that we create. That's, yeah. that's good. That could be a clever idea. I don't know. I'm it just, is. I'm, but what happens though, is you tie yourself to the same people over and over and over again. And when you, when you do that, your reputation now becomes tied to theirs. And so, you know, years go by. I've been doing this now, like, you know, it's 10 years or so. Um, and everyone's career takes a different direction. Um, and there's always new people aiming for the top and there will always be new people at the top and other people will come and go. And it's just, you know, the nature of this type of fast pace thinking, which is why you want to have business goals in mind you're achieving. If it's just to become famous, you're going to be chasing that forever. Um, so where you can see it working, um, it, it's, it is, uh, and also you're at risk because you, maybe you don't know their personalities. Maybe they think that's not a great idea. And maybe they blast you, which I've seen happen too. So um, try to make it as, or, as organic or as possible and reach out to the writer themselves or, uh, you know, maybe send something that you've written or something you've done as an example of what makes you the expert that they should be writing about instead of um, inserting yourself in those lists. And that's where the foundation content comes in. You want people to be able to find you quickly, what you're about, why they should care. And if they can do that, then when, you, when you're submitting or suggesting, you know, it's just as simple. They're one click away from knowing everything they need to know. That's the easiest way to do it. Um, I, I really hesitate with tying or, you know, creating these groups of people that go around and do it over and over and over again, because there will always be someone in the group that takes it to the next level without you really wanting it to go there. Oh yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. You, you have a massive 1.7 million followers on Twitter, which is pretty amazing. Um, but I also noticed you're following a massive amount of people too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I'm curious, like what was your strategy to, to grow your, your Twitter platform? So I, uh, there's two parts. So one was I would, uh, host Twitter chats where I would do these like 30 minutes to an hour meetings once a week. And I would talk about, you know, social media and marketing and digital marketing and so on. And so I was able to engage quite a few people. The second is, um, that I saw, you know, if for instance, I'm wanted to write a book, um, I would host a, a chat about write, you know, um, books on the topic and what was right, what was wrong about them. And then I would follow, uh, book editors and let them know they might be interested in my chat. Um, or I would follow publishers or agents. And so the following part became my opportunity to set the tone of my content through the chat and then put my brand in front of new people very strategically for the first time, simply by following them. And then you see how engaged in it, the audiences because they just had a Twitter chat. <laughs> so you, it was really leveraged as a tool and I don't see it, um, my goal has never been to be famous. My goal has always been to achieve goals. <laughs> 
for like whatever my whatever I need that day. And so I was just very open and honest about that. And um, and then I separate the content through lists. So if you go into my list, I have a ton of them, uh, and that's how I separate the feeds. How do you create on the topic of goal setting? How do you create your goals and then follow through with them? Yeah, I you know just you just kind of look at what what it is you need to do uh, to do next. So um, starting an agency, well, you need clients. Well, you need to be specific about the type of clients. So you narrow it down and then you get one, one thing going and you refocus and you, from what you've learned in that, in that piece and you make the next decision. And um, for what I do or what our company does, it, most of the time, goals relate to connecting to a certain type of person. And also people want to know each other. So, you know, sometimes just leveraging, connecting people uh, by saying, Hey, you know, I, and maybe I don't need, maybe I don't need to know you now, but I need, I need to know these type of people in like three months from now, <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll figure out how to help or who they would like to be connected to and then move on and, and then come back later. I mean, it's really depends. So uh, if I write a book, right, well now I need book marketing. So I'm going to need to connect with people that write about books. I'm going to need to connect to people that talk about books, that read them. Uh, and then you look at it, all right, if I sell the book, where do I make the most money? Do I make the most money on uh, the Audible? No, I make nothing. So I want people that actually read hard copy books. So you think about all these different ways of, of like what you need in the moment and just kind of go like down, like almost like reverse engineering the plan to get there. So you give yourself deadlines for your goals? Yeah, if, if one is required, yeah. If there's, if it's time sensitive, um, and I, you know, and I try to think of 30, 60 and 90 days out because a lot of times, uh, especially in marketing, uh, you can look ahead and see if these things go right, the, the right direction. This is what I'll need next, but I'll also need that let time and that leeway to get it to the people in, uh, in their hands before, you know, I miss the deadline or whatever it is. Um, and just be aggressive, super aggressive. I, it's not even about taking no for an answer. I just keep going until I get what I want or figure it out. There's always someone who wants to help. And most of the time, the thing between you and the thing you want is someone else. So <laughs> it's just like figuring out what that is and then doing the work to support it. And it's, it's how media operates and it's how social media should operate. Yeah. It's really, well, media is a relationship and business. It's a mm -hmm. relationship business, right? I wanted to chat more about your, your, I mean, you built your agency up really quickly, three years. Um, and, uh, you started out in, uh, just a few years back and, um, I'm curious, like what, what are some of the strategies you use to start picking up clients to, uh, make sure you were going to do good business, have, have them supported in the way that they needed to be. And then when did the business really kind of start to take off? Sure. So, um, our initial strategy was this do and uh, make friends with and do for, uh, so we call center of influence in our case, this is VCs, investors, uh, just funds in general, like, cause they, we wanted them to refer their business to us and we wanted to make sure that the business had funding. And so for that to happen, we needed to be, we needed to be connected to investors. And so uh, that was our strategy. We went and we were spoke as the 
the marketing perspective at VC events. We spoke, we went to go where people are pitching startups and help them rewrite their decks for free and, um, you know, sit on panels as the marketing like perspective when they would pitch. Uh, and so we became the different thing among a sea of a lot of the same. And we, you know, would write about the events and do these things. And so that's exactly what happened. They started referring their business to us. Um, and then people also want to work with people they see connected to the people they're trying to get to those centers of influence. So that's where we started. Uh, because it was only two of us and we both had jobs still. So we, we had a limited amount of time. And then uh, when I left, I left uh, on my own first. That's, you know, that, that same kind of thinking really was applied to lots of other industries. It's like, where's the center of influence and how do you get to it? How do you grab their attention? And, and that's, yeah, that's, that's kind of, uh, that's how we did it. I know it's all of the, my friend, now I've got all these friends that are actually investors and they probably listen to me. They probably don't listen to me actually, but if they ever did, they'd be like, Oh, that's so, <laughs> that's so dumb. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's, you know, you can't do everything at once. Um, and you, and also sell your business and build it at the same time, unless, and we, you know, we've never taken any, uh, we have no funding. No one's ever given us money. Uh, we built it from the ground up. We've, uh, it, there are moments where, yeah, it was very stressful. And I think it really took off about, uh, about a, almost a year. It was like 11 months. We had hit a place where we were going to bring on our first employee and we were like, how are we going to pay them? <laughs> we had already like, um, and someone, you know, an, an advisor said to us, you know, you guys, you're very close. This is the, this is the first hump. It's the moment where you might give up, but it, you don't. And because you don't, something else will happen. And 30 days later, um, we actually hired three employees and opened our first office in Santa Monica. And by December we had six employees, uh, and, uh, and then like, you know, continued hiring. And by December, the following year, it opened our second office. Wow. How cool. How many employees do you guys have now? Um, so we operate right now. We're at 10 or 11. I'm trying to counting us. Yeah. About 11 full time. And then we have 35 contractors or part time. Very cool. How big do you want to grow it? Do you know? It's more about not necessarily, uh, I guess it's big. It's, with a focus. So I see a space with employee branding that's going to be very, very important in the next coming like year, two, three, and on and so on. And so um, I would like to become the the authority in that space. And if that requires us to be in all 50 states and seven other countries, well, then let's do it. But if it doesn't, then I'm not going to do it. I, you know, I want to kind of keep it focused and not um, try not to overthink too much because if the goal is simply to grow without any real uh, really any understanding or, or to the why, um, we're just growing to fail. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know yet. Were, were you guys paying yourself in, a, in, in year one? Uh, no, we did not. No. <laughs> and when did, when did you start paying? Are you, are you guys paying yourselves now or have you started? We take, uh, yeah. So we take very small salaries. But, okay, uh, cool. I mean, yeah, you're out, there's other ways to, there's, I mean, you get creative, you have to survive. That's the one thing I have to say is that if you, as the, the founder and, you know, 
the person operating and running the company, if you're not doing well, one, no one's going to believe anyone else has a future. <laughs> and two, sure. you know, every, the company is what suffers. You have to be able to eat and live the life that you've set out to first before you start being, becoming responsible for others. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I'm just always curious. You know, some 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 founders like to start paying themselves immediately. Some people take, you know, eight years until they start. Well, paying themselves yeah, when, something. once we but, on our first employee, we that's when we started paying ourselves. Okay, mm -hmm. that's a good that's a good hump to do it. I yeah. would say. Um, but it shows like an incredible amount of commitment and focus. Like you spend a year of not getting paid to build this company up. Like that's that's impressive. You know, um, uh, I, you, you, are you open to share business revenue for year one, two, and three? Uh, I can give you numbers. So okay. percentages, how about that? Um, okay. yeah. So year two, uh, we grew 300% and year three, we grew 200 on the 300. Okay. Do you set goals for the percentage you want to grow every year? Um, the it's no it's not really percentage growth goals like i said it's more about um growth opportunities so the other thing is we have very little turnover with clients um most of our clients have been with us you know two to three years uh and then we have new ones so as our as our clients um, as their businesses grow so does ours so it's not really about you know a percentage growth um, it's more so about, about just overall growth and being able to maintain without collapsing. Cause you see that a lot with, with agencies, it becomes kind of a, a churn, right? So you bring people on, you lose them and you bring people on, you lose them. And then you pay a sales guy to bring more people on and then you lose those people because no one's managing the team. And, and that's what we try to avoid, um, because it's not the kind of business we want to run. There's nothing, you know, wrong with scaling quickly and doing it that way but uh for us you know our repu we we built it on the same foundation that we help other people and that's our reputations our personal reputations and so you want to just be careful and you want to do it the right way uh, at least we do yeah 100 mm -hmm. um so so you're big on personal brands and i i can appreciate your personal brand you have your your business bell, bell and ivy and then um, your personal brand at CynthiaJohnson.com, which is, or excuse me, CynthiaLive.com. Um, and uh, it's done really well, and, and I can appreciate that for sure. And you have a book now called Platforms, The Art and Science of Personal Branding. Can you take us into a, a quick summary of the book? Sure. Yeah, so uh, the book is written, uh, it's essentially it's written for normal people because uh, there are a lot of books about how to become famous using personal branding, but not a ton of books on how to leverage uh, a personal brand or why to do it um, at a very basic level. And so you see a lot of people uh, that are in career transitions or are you know, maybe about to launch something or they're coming out of college and they can't get a job because they don't realize that there's drunk pictures of them everywhere. Uh, so, mm -hmm. you know, and so it, it goes into a lot of the why, a lot of foundation building, and then uh, strategies on how to utilize it best for career growth primarily. Incredible. And um, how do you manage your, your, your time with 
personal brand business. I'm sure there's a lot of overlap with, with your models, but personal brand business versus your regular business. How do you balance that out? Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I see there's an alignment there. Uh, it's definitely an alignment there for sure because, uh, but, you know, it's, it's kind of that uh, slow growth or not slow growth because we grew really fast. It's more about like setting goals and meeting them. That's how you do it. Know why you're doing it. Like write it down. Say, this is what I need to do. And if you do more than that, fantastic. But if you're not even getting there, sometimes it's addition by subtraction. Sometimes you need to figure out what to let go in order to get to the next place. Um, and in some instances for us, it was letting go of clients that became trouble or were too much or weren't a fit. Sometimes it's, you know, letting go of having friends <laughs> for a while. <laughs> you know, and I think this is the truth of, of what it is. Or maybe not going to a certain conference or an event or, you know, slowing it down in, in some areas and speeding up others. Um, but you won't know how to do that or where to do it if, you're, if we aren't, you know, intentional in, in every action we take. Mm, good point. How do you manage your, your ROI on events and conferences? Because I get this a lot, like I'm, I'm speaking um, quite often lately. And, uh, you know, sometimes I'm, I'm to the point where like, you know, it, it used to be worth my time to go to some of these events, even some smaller events. But now, even though I meet great people and have a really good time, it seems like it's 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 not providing the ROI. So I'm curious, like you speak a lot, like what what are some, um, what makes you decide like this is this is going to be an event that's worth my time, so I'm gonna go to it. Uh, yeah. So I I was look at it more as like what is the purpose of the event? Is it media opportunities? Is it media networking? Is it new business? Is it uh, you know helping to um, sort of looking for helping to uh, tighten or strengthen a relationship with current business. Uh, is it to help uh, a client in a sense, right? Because there's there's something there, and they're on the edge of something really big. Because you can look at that and say, all right, well, if I if I spent let's uh, say two grand, I I fly somewhere um, and I speak and I stay at a hotel for two nights, but I come back with a client that pays five times that amount and stays with us for two years. It's very easy to figure out. Uh, if I, if we have something where it's like, all right, well, they're paying for me to go. Is it worth my time? Well, uh, who's there that I can meet and then reach, you know, doing a little bit of reaching out ahead of time to, uh, to at least set up those meetings. Um, we do not pay to be anywhere. We've never uh, actually spent a dollar outside of personal branding for uh, marketing. So um, it's all built on that and that, you know, we can quantify it because we know where it's all come from. <laughs> um, and we know you live, I mean, you learn along the way too. You learn where not to spend your time. Just um, And in the beginning, we, we did a lot. We were traveling a lot and we still do quite a bit of it, but nowhere near... Um, what we did in the beginning to uh, to build up that momentum in order to become someone or a company that can choose, right? So we wanted to be able to pick. And in order to be able to pick, people had to see you everywhere. So it's, you know, you see, there's, there's, it's really, yeah, just making sure, again, it goes back to, right, where do you need, what do you need right now for your business? And is this supporting it or is it hindering its growth? 
what do you think are, are some i i think we overlap this but i'll, I'll ask anyway mm -hmm. but um some of the important things when, when people are out there building their personal brand, some of the important things that they need to pay attention to mm -hmm. in order to make sure that uh, they have a good solid brand and reputation going forward and, and connecting with people in the future. Uh, yeah. So the, fir the first thing is know what, the, well, know what people are going to find. Like know, know what is out there and, and try to change it to like, you know, to present it's, I see it personal branding is as a resume in a lot of ways. And, you know, you only get the one page. <laughs> so make the one page really, really good. And um, don't pretend like it's not happening and, you know, do your own research on yourself. Figure that out first, first and foremost. Uh, the second thing is don't underestimate the value of a photo, right? So um, what do you do if you've never spoken somewhere? Well, you definitely want to get a picture on stage don't say you spoke there, but other people will just assume at some point you'll get your first opportunity. <laughs> it's like what came first, you know, the, the chicken of the day. You have, to, you have to kind of get creative or start asking people to take a chance on you, whatever your style is. Um, but always get the photo. Don't do things and not get the photo. Because the photo is an easy way for, this is why Instagram is so popular. It's an easy way for people to consume and interpret a situation. Um, it's, it's, you have to do it. Just get a photo. <laughs> and then uh, I think that uh, the third like, big deal is don't take yourself so seriously. Uh, you're going to make mistakes and it's going to feel like the end of the world. But I promise you, uh, no one is paying as much attention as you are. Um, you know, say, uh, when was the last time you looked at a group photo and didn't look at yourself first? I mean, I never. Everyone does. So it's uh, and just important to remember that people aren't looking for you or at you as hard as you think they are. And it's to relax a little. Okay. Amazing. I think Cynthia, that's all I've got. I, uh, we're going to wrap the podcast up there, but I want to ask you two more things mm -hmm. before we finish. Um, one, do you have, how about two or three must do tips on the people that are looking to grow their influence? Okay. Uh, yeah. So it's uh, a lot more about, uh, it has a lot more to do with what people are saying about you than what you're saying about yourself. So figure out a way to create a conversation that you are the center of on the topic you want to be important for, uh, because it's you be as uh, the facilitator, you become the expert and because you at least know, we at least know you have access to the content. So that's the first thing you want to get people to start talking about you in the way you are talking about yourself. So if you focus too much on your own content, that will become blurred. Um, the second thing is uh, there's a tool for basically almost anything you could possibly want to do. So uh, having a crazy idea, just search the, the idea with tool and see what comes up because working smarter is going to become very important, especially as you gain influence because uh, you're going to have less time. And, and you don't want to lose the, the um, authenticity of it because you've, you've overwhelmed yourself or you're not using the tools that are there to support you. Um, and I, yeah, that's, that's it. And then the, the, third, the third one, uh, I guess it would probably be uh, to, uh, to, put, to put some sort of content out consistently in one place. Um, 
So whether you're someone who curates the top, you know, 10 best digital marketing articles from the week, right? So, um, and people become dependent on you to be the expert to tell them what, which content is the best from other people, or you're writing it yourself, or you're having a podcast, or, you know, you just want to make sure that whatever it is you're doing, there's some consistency to it. Uh, and that's what will that's what will keep people coming back because they understand what they're going to get and they understand when they're going to get it. And it'll build off of that one consistent thing. If you, um, you know, if it's just sort of sporadic, it becomes much harder for, for people to understand why to follow you. Uh, and also later on, once you've already built this influence, you'll be able to be more sporadic, but in the beginning you really need that consistency. Awesome. Um, Cynthia, before we go, if the listeners want to reach out and learn more about what you have going on, but I also think you, you're partnered up with a cool company called pick monkey and, and they have a nice discount that we can offer the listeners. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, and I will share the link with you, but it's pickmonkey.com uh, slash blog slash Cynthia live. Um, it's a 17% an annual membership for anybody who's interested in, uh, a slightly more sophisticated uh, graphic design tool, but doesn't have enough time to do it all. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, I've put my email on everything. So uh, you can email me Cynthia at CynthiaLive.com or Cynthia at BellIvy.com. Uh, and you can find me at Cynthia Live anywhere on the internet. Awesome. We'll put those links in the show notes too. Cynthia, so thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing all your, your business methods and your wisdom with us. We, we really appreciate well, it. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's a lot of fun. Listeners, we're going to wrap up there. Thank you guys for tuning in once again, and we'll see you on the next episode. Goodbye, everybody. Hey listeners, thanks for joining us once again. We wanted to remind you about our high performance productivity coaching and our five, six, seven, and eight figure private masterminds. These are all designed for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs to help you scale rapidly and grow. Check out all the details at thebusinessmethod.com. That's thebusinessmethod.com. And we'll see you all on the next episode.